creator God, in Christ you call man and woman to the fullness of glory for which you created them in your image. Heal our hardened hearts. Renew our obedience to your spoken will and conform our lives to your gracious design. Grant this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the legend we will hear from the book of Genesis, God understands that it is not good for the human to be alone. God creates a human partner because of God's loving concern. A reading from the book of Genesis. The Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and put him in the Garden of Eden to till it and keep it. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner. So out of the ground, the Lord God formed every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all cattle and to the birds of the air and to every animal of the field. But for man, there was not a helper as his partner. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. And then he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, for out of man this one was taken. Therefore, a man leaves his father and his mother and clings to his wife, and they become one flesh. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the passage that follows from the letter to the Hebrews, the suffering of the human Jesus is seen as a clear example of Jesus' desire to be one with us in our humanity. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. We do indeed see Jesus, who for a little while was made lower than the angels now crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. It was fitting that God, for whom and through whom all things exist, in bringing many sons and daughters to glory, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For the one who sanctifies and those who are sanctified 
are all from one. For this reason, he is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord. Some Pharisees came, and to test Jesus they asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? Jesus answered them, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of dismissal and to divorce her. But Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, he wrote this commandment for you. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Then in the house, the disciples asked him again about this matter. Jesus said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. People were bringing little children to him in order that Jesus might touch them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as his little child will never enter it. And Jesus took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Why have we learned today in church that it's the husband's responsibility to make the coffee in the morning? Anybody? Why? Happy wife means happy life. No, that's not it. Come on, the second reading that Jackie read today from the letter to the Hebrews. You missed this for a few weeks, didn't you, Jack? Get the groaner over with in the beginning, yeah, it's... Working with this gospel this week, and certainly in discussing it yesterday at Minute Prayer, I'm reminded of a story in my own family. I was a seminarian, and my sister Carol and her husband and their six kids were coming to Johnstown to celebrate Thanksgiving. It was exciting because we, we... what love those kids, and, and it was great. And, well, it was the end of November, 
They drove from Middlesex, New Jersey. Anybody here from Middlesex, New Jersey? Okay, well, they drove from Middlesex, New Jersey to Johnstown about six hours. And then they hit Bedford, Pennsylvania. And on that late night in November, eight inches of snow fell in Bedford so that the normally difficult mountain road Route 56 got even worse. Thank God they made it. They made it to our house, and I can remember them coming into the house, and, and there was my brother-in-law, the seminarian's brother-in-law. He had just driven six hours through the snow. He looked hassled and harried. There were six kids in the car. He was carrying luggage in at least one of the kids. And as he came into the house, he looked at his seminarian brother-in-law and said, you're taking the easy way out. <laughs> and it's true, I, I, I've come to observe that married couples who are faithful to the commitment of marriage, that ain't easy. I appreciate it. I'm caught up in wonder at the kind of selfless generosity you show. It's from you, from your love and generous love for your, your spouses and your kids. It's from you that I learn what love is. I learn what Christ calls us to, to live, how he calls us to live. So I thank the married couples here. Uh, I'm watching you, and I'm learning from you. This is a difficult gospel. This is a gospel that, uh, when I was in the seminary, this is a gospel that they said probably the best bet today would be simply to say, Please stand for the creed. Forget about preaching. <laughs> it's difficult because there are among us people who have gone through divorce, people who are going through the breakup of a marriage. And it just doesn't seem right that Jesus would condemn someone, maybe someone we know and we care about, someone sitting with us here today. It seems that Jesus is being, he's being really tough. He's being harsh. And this is the Jesus that you and I have come to love as the compassionate one, the gentle one, the forgiving one, the reconciling one. How is it that he comes down so hard on people who are divorced and remarried. We talked about this yesterday at Minute Prayer, and, and, and it, was, it was a really interesting and difficult discussion. I was really confused, and I'm still confused about it, until I read the paraphrase in Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of the, of the Bible, the message. This is how he puts it, and this, 
is helping me to understand this passage a little bit better. When they were back home, the disciples brought it up again. Jesus gave it to them straight. A man who divorces his wife so he can marry someone else commits adultery against her. And a woman who divorces her husband so she can marry someone else commits adultery. That's uncomfortable still. But it helps me to at least begin to process that what Jesus is talking about is trying to marry up. He's trying to break the bond relationship with one person because you're looking for something better. If God and God's love is the center and the groundwork of the married relationship, if Jesus is the center of this relationship, how can you break that bond? How can you look for something better? Could there be anything better than a relationship that is centered on the love of God, on the love of Jesus? The other thing that we talked about yesterday at Minute Prayer the guys asked a really good question. How, what's the connection? What's the connection between all this stuff about uh, you can't divorce and, and you can't re remarry and, and the little kids? You know, how is that connected? The, the, the little kids, uh, it's their simple faith that opens them to the kingdom. I, what's the connection? That was another tough discussion yesterday. An easy answer for me, in Jesus' day, if there was a divorce, the divorced woman would very often be left destitute. There was nothing as child support or alimony. Very often, a divorced woman and her children would be economically impoverished they would be destitute. Boy, does that weaken society, doesn't it? If the woman has no support, if the kids have no economic support, how do they live? How do they survive? But what Jesus teaches us is a lot deeper than economics. What Jesus is teaching us with this, the little kids is that little kids, I love to watch little kids, they, they look on things with fresh eyes, don't they? They see so many things as if for the first time. And in seeing things with these fresh eyes for the First time, they are filled with delight. And given the right environment, they can come to believe in the God who is so generous and loves us so deeply 
that he's the greatest benefactor in the world. I got a story for you. You ready for a story? Is, is Jack sleeping yet? Are you awake? Okay, here's the story. There was a drought. A terrible, terrible drought. It hadn't rained for months. The fields were dry. The crops were dead. People were starving. And becoming more and more afraid. The ministers in that region got together and they called everyone in that area to join in a prayer service at noon on the following Saturday. They would get together and pray for rain. The ministers encouraged them to, to bring faith symbols with them. They brought their Bibles. They brought rosaries. They brought crosses and crucifixes. And they came. They filled the town square for this prayer service. And the ministers were really touched by what they saw. They prayed for about an hour. And as if on cue, at the end of their praying for an hour, it started to rain. A gentle rain that would water the earth would help to recover from this drought. The ministers, they were pleased and delighted and grateful for the faith that was shown. The people waved their Bibles and their rosaries and, and their crucifixes and sang praise to God for being such a generous, loving God. And the ministers looked in the midst of this crowd and they saw one little nine-year-old girl and she was holding an umbrella do we have the faith that is childlike and simple enough that when we go to a prayer for rain we bring an umbrella. Thanks for listening to this week's service. To stay up to date on the latest news involving our parish, please visit our website at goodshepherd-sc.org.